Oh yeah, what's on the big show? Reflections on paperweights. Ladies and gentlemen. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Various craft supplies. <laughs> it's at the Expo Center this Sunday, May 21st. Diane Keaton's Cats performing live. A stamp collection featuring the members of Outcast. I'm putting together an amazing expo over here. How do you know? She told me she loves me. Encyclopedia Brunch. I'm your host again this week, Catherine Cogert, and with me, as ever, through this marvel of engineering we call the World Wide Web, is co-host, pal, amigo, uh, friend to many, enemy of few, Tim Dobbs. Hi, it's nice to be here um what's your enemy count at today uh let's see checking the old uh, statistics here we got uh, well we're up three but we're down four so that's pretty good i made some enemies into friends oh are you not reporting net uh well no i mean i was trying to give you the full dashboard report yeah this way that's a little bit more detail than i was hoping oh okay okay we'll go back to the classic encyclopedia brunch branded uh general analysis report smiley face yep (laughs) <laughs> on the scale of sad face to smiley face, the anime report today is smiley face. You should feel good today. Uh, I feel I feel okay today. Okay. Well, uh, the report uh, really works better when it is allowed to sort of control your feelings. Yeah, I don't appreciate that smiley face report. Oh, sad face. <laughs> oh, man, we never ever should have started these uh, empathetic human reports i feel like they're uh the opposite of empathetic maybe how's that how's that maybe they're asking the human to empathize with the report come on with the data with the information Uh, i don't think that's a healthy habit to form no (laughs) (laughs) it's just the data's there i mean i don't know you know what makes for great data if you have a lot of emotional investment in it and a lot of bias about what you want it to say Mm -hmm. yeah that's what they always say in the only science journal i read uh emotion oh i thought you were gonna say the hunger games <laughs> yeah yeah sure okay sure also that <laughs> to hear that article on the districts <laughs> what do you think science journals are like in the world of the hunger games i think it's a little <laughs> something like this <laughs> oh yeah i canceled my subscription to that science journal because i got volunteered as tribute so uh anyway i'm dead now and we're back. That's a little scene I like to call Science in the Hunger Games. I'm Tim Dobbs, <laughs> giving you one of my patented bits. Uh, great job, Tim. Thanks again for one of your patented bits. Bics? Bic pens. Tim Dobbs, Bic pens. All right. <laughs> it's been such a lucrative deal for me. <laughs> and now, Bits by Bic with Tim Dobbs. Have you ever noticed how pens are great? Oh, Andy Rooney's here, everybody. <laughs> Here's the thing about other older pens that aren't classic brick branded. They get all messy and icky. Or they dry out. For my money. Just like me. No, no, not going to do it. Why? Because it feels somehow racist or racist against old white men. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like to speak ill of the dead, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. R.I.P. Andy Rooney. Yeah. Um, I mean, they say parody is the highest form of compliment. It's true. Yeah, he really did. He was a singular voice. That's for sure. It, it just a, There's no other voices like it, for sure. One for would sure. hope that, uh, you know, we, we would all have preferred if he didn't take that particular role. Except and... for Helium Henry. Who? What? What? <laughs> yeah, you don't know old Helium Henry? No, no one, no. Hey, Catherine. Yeah? What are we talking about on this week's episode? Oh, oh, oh um, we're talking about, again, just like last week. I don't know why I have to tell you, Tim, because I just told you a week ago. We're talking about wastewater treatment. Don't you remember? That was only a week ago. Didn't you study your notes? Are you ready for the quiz at the end of the show? Uh, once again, the show takes the form of what could plausibly be a nightmare. Oh, no, I'm in my <laughs> underwear on this podcast. Yeah, you don't have to wear pants when you record. Uh, that's great. So, okay, uh, wastewater. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. As I recall, uh, let me give you the what Tim recalls from last week. Okay. Another patented, brought to you by Big Pen's bit. <laughs> um, you need a drop for this. So, as I recall, uh, last week we said... Uh, Water is icky and we try to clean it after it's been used because it is aesthetically gross. Uh, like we just sort of respond poorly to it. Um, we are right to think it's aesthetically gross because it actually has like pathogens and stuff in it. And I yeah. think there was a third one, but I, oh, it was, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm so close. How did you forget this? This one's my favorite one. I know. You don't care about anything that's important to me. I'm, I'm being a terrible friend. Um, <laughs> it's when uh, you get algae blooms and that is called... Oh no, the word is gone. Eutrophication. Forgot this name, and that name is eutrophication. Oh, eutrophication. I don't. Is this a song? What's? But you say he's just a algae. Oh, I see. But you say he's just a phytoplankton. Oh, eutrophication. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a bad like end of a Bill Nye show song. Yeah, right. right? I was looking in the uh, lab after the show when this lady came in with a I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hard to hard to freestyle rap. We all know. That. Yeah, yeah, all all very hard. Okay, so uh, those were the three things. There was um, it was it's it's gross. We're right to think it's gross, and also it's bad for our ponds and lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, because so the thing about eutrophication or algal blooms mm-hmm. is like you might remember or you might have experienced like oh no you can't go clamming there you can't dig up clams you can't we can't harvest shellfish there because there is a red tide or the shellfish are poisoned that's because algae and phytoplankton have been there and they've secreted they're peeing out a lot of toxins because they don't want anything else but the phytoplankton to live there um and they poison shellfish because shellfish are really really good at taking up just whatever garbage we put in the water Uh, okay wait hang on hang on hang on yeah. Th- they emit toxins um, specifically as a like defense mechanism. They're just like we'll yeah. poison everyone. I mean, among other things, yeah. One of it, one of the reasons they emit toxins is as a defense. Oh, mechanism. interesting. Because they're like, we have so much energy. Life is great. We've got so much extra energy to do whatever we want, and what we're going to do is genocide. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, it went so dark. <laughs> I told you algal blooms were bad. Yeah. Well, because I, you know, uh, did we clarify entirely the mechanism of an algal bloom? It's, it's, there's too much nitrogen and phosphorus or just general nutrients. Organic carbon. Right. And so then these small little things, is it only algae or is it other stuff too? Phytoplankton are algae, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
But so these things are best able to just like gobble that up real fast. And that's what real, causes yeah. the bloom? Yeah. Okay. Um, or I mean, just that's kind of just the way that it's so much more complicated than that, right? Because there are mm-hmm. phytoplankton that do better at lower concentrations, but those phytoplankton are better food for the zooplankton that are eating the phytoplankton. Mm-hmm. So that's much better to manage. However, cyanobacteria, mm-hmm. for example, which are like the big jerks in algal blooms and in eutrophication, they're like they make these like stringy, gross stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you have your zooplankton that are just going along, going along, going along, and then the cyanobacteria get all tangled in their little mouths. And Oh, they no. can't eat. Yeah, it's sad. Okay, so we're to analogize here. I always, I always thought it was zooplankton. Is it zooplankton? I think it's either or. Okay, well, because the zoo I've thing, the zoo thing works for me because, like, they're they're kind of more like animals, right? Than phytoplankton, which are more right. like. That's plants. why we call animals zoo animals. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's why we make animal crackers out of them. Huh. <laughs> um. Here's a little Daphnia. <laughs> Uh, so, th- so then in, in that analogy, we've got the phytoplankton are like plant guys and those are like these big green things. And then uh, they can photosynthesize. That's why they're like plants. And then you got zooplankton, which like to munch on those things. And those are kind of like munching up stuff. But then there's cyanobacteria, yeah. which is kind of like, uh, if suddenly there was like a sci-fi disaster film and some weird filamentous like alien was taking over the, the planet. Is that right? Or like, am I way off? Yeah. But that, that planet is kind of like. No, well, it's actually not what pond scum is, but it's, I mean, yeah, basically, basically, yeah. Okay. Thanks for giving us. Let's go with that. I, I hate to give into the, the tyranny of uh, exact specifics. Of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. I know you do. Mm-hmm. I know you do. It's a dark period in radio history, um, but, you know, I think we learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was hard for for a lot of those people who thought they were being invaded by villainous cyanobacteria. um okay so to 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 wrap up this like remaining bit where i was uh this is still part of the big pen i'm getting paid a lot for this um right yeah in in pens unfortunately but like you know i don't know i lose them all the time um i we have we have a video chat up right now and i just want to let listeners at home know that behind you there's just like it's mostly a big pen background yeah like just that giant stacks of big pens. I thought you were in some sort of landfill, but it all makes a lot more sense to me mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. No, I tell you this though, it, it's it's really been great for me. Great sponsorship deal. Um, I've gotten a lot out of it. I am concerned. Uh, my two brothers who've made their homes out of uh, straw and wood, their houses have already been blown down. And oh, no. um, you know, my my older brother, he's like made it out of brick, and that's pretty good. But I, I'm a little worried that like big pens may actually be slightly oh, worse no, than, the than fourth- wood. <laughs> little pig you're also an anthropomorphic pig and yeah. we've never mentioned that on the show but that i mean we don't want the character of tim to be defined by being an anthropomorphic pig. exactly i just am a pig and uh-huh. like that's sort of thing it, like it comes up every once in a while like when i'm it's being pursued by a wolf part of who tim is right exactly so i don't yeah. know i think we're a very the progressive show the sure. fact that you roll around in us die these well, are just ancillary <laughs> Hey, I know you're doing a bit sponsored by Big Pens, um, uh-huh. but like, I don't know. I'm kind of into slap and rolling around and stuff. Like, that sounds good. I think that's great. No, yeah. no, no. I think honestly, like you incorporating me in your life and like just kind of like letting me into your culture a little bit. I mm-hmm. think it's been really great for me. And I think I've grown a lot as a person. Right. And like, I don't know. It's always tricky to figure out how to be an ally. But I just want to say thank you so much for being so understanding and patient with me as I try to figure out how to respect you and where you're coming from. Because I know I screw it up sometimes. Yeah. Say, you know. Well, you know, and I appreciate you making the effort. Um, you know, obviously, I get kind of 
tired of it sometimes. This is my job. My job is to roll around and slop. And Hawk Bic Pens, a fine pen for writing. <laughs> no, your job is to roll around and slop. Your passion is to shill for Bic Pens. Yeah. Yeah. It's really been a wild ride. Well. Oh, man. I'm so excited to talk about wastewater treatment here in a minute on Encyclopedia Brunch with my pig pen pal. Oh, that's pretty good. As I walked out one morning in the springtime of the Sailor boy, likewise a maiden fair. They sang a song together. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us here together. We are here and talking about municipal wastewater treatment. One of my favorite topics of all time. Can you tell it's one of my favorite topics of all time because of my laser focus? Yeah. I just, there's this lasers coming out of your eyes. <laughs> and it's bad for the wastewater treatment plant that I'm trying to design. Oh, no. Oh, are you shooting it with lasers, Psychops style? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's more of a, a Havoc style. Havoc. Who's Havoc? Havoc. So, uh, as I understand... Catherine, can uh, I tell you a little bit about how one cleans out uh, wastewater? Like, how do we do no, it? No, I was explaining to you X-Men. And then it was crazy how I interrupted you. Weird, huh? <laughs> What's that like? Uh, so, um, to finish up where we left off uh, last week... Um, yeah, well, we left off talking about Havoc and Cyclops and the difference between them. Right. Uh, uh, where we left off there was that uh, well, we had to clean some water for some reason related to the X-Men. Um, it had something to do with Genosha or whatever that island is. Um, Gen- Genoa? Gen- you know what? It's not important. Um, okay. So, You're the uh, expert. Yeah, I am the expert on something here. Whether Genoa is important in a given conversation. Is that an island in Italy or the place from X-Men? Uh, it could be both. Ooh, write in Encyclopedia Brunch uh, yeah. at gmail.com. Is Madripoor... Madripoor's not real, right? Uh, well, it's real in your mind. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was sort of supposed to be like a Hong Kong slash Singapore-y type place. Like kind of a right. Far East metropolis that like had a right. lot of dealings. Somewhere, like somewhere you might get shanghai to. Yeah, like a Madripoor. Or a Genoa? Like Madripoor. Yeah. Huh. So, cleaning out wastewater from any of these uh, disastrous uh, wheelie-dealy cities on the Far East, you have to clean their wastewater, of course. So, the way we would and do it... all other cities' wastewater, true. Oh, too. wow. Yeah, everybody poops. There's uh, a whole novel about this. A novel. <laughs> the novelization of the famous children's book. Uh-huh. So, there's three things we're trying to do. Uh-huh. We are trying to just filter out the junk that was already in the wastewater. Makes sense, right? This is like if I was like, hey, here's some water. Can you clean it for me? And you didn't know anything. You'd be like, I mean, I guess I should get out the stuff that's in it. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So how would you do that, do you think? Uh, Well, we talked about it. It was uh, basically we filter it. We like run it through a sieve, more or less. Yes. Yeah. Then we had brown water. Uh Uh-huh. And then... yeah. 
There was more to do. And then you just let it sit for a while. And then the junk settles out. Mm. And then you take your clear water off the top of it. And it looks clear at that point. And then you put it in a biological treatment system, which is what I really want to talk about this week. I'm so excited about it. Ooh, okay. I'm really excited. Okay. So I do research on biological wastewater treatment specifically nutrient removal. So that's why I've been way down to clown when it comes to eutrophication. Sure. And also why I have this information here that I'm telling everyone. Yeah. You don't uh, want all those clowns to uh, get too many nutrients and then just take over. Oh, yeah. So much phosphorus and the clowns are just eating it up and now they're everywhere. <laughs> insane phosphorus posse. Wait, insane clown phosphorus? Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what, that. We did it. Great work. Yeah. All right, we're done here. <laughs> All right, but no, 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 no. Go on. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is, okay, so there's three things we're trying to remove. Organic carbon, which I think we'll get back to in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, phosphorus and nitrogen. Okay. So if you want to remove the phosphorus. I do. Here's the thing. I have to admit to you, like, I've been way up on this biological treatment thing, and I know I keep teasing it, and I'm sure everyone's, like, on the edge of their seat, so excited to hear how it works. But I got to be real with you, phosphorus, like usually, especially here in the States, is removed chemically more often than biologically. You can remove it biologically, but it's mostly chemical removal. Okay, what does that mean? It means that uh, there's a chemical reaction that we use to precipitate it out. Okay. So if you, yeah. So phosphorus has a negative three charge. It's an ion with a negative three charge on it. Mm Mm-hmm. So what we do is we add metals that have positive three charges. And because it's a plus three, they're like really excited to bond to each other. Yeah, because like you see a plus one pretty regularly. A plus two, eh, they're around. Here and there, yeah, yeah. yeah. But a, a plus or minus three, mm. that's like a holographic Pokemon card. Right. And when two, as we all know, when two holographic Pokemon cards find each other, they bond. Yeah, it's a real uh, Charizard versus Blastoise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that the Bulbasaur one? No, it's the Squirtle one. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Is, is it Venusaur? Venusaur. Named after the goddess Venus, I assume. Is that the Venus flytrap? Also that, sure. Okay. Rawr. Anyway, sorry, that was what I imagined Bulbasaur sounds like, but we know that Bulbasaur sounds like Bulba, Bulba, Bulbasaur. Anyway, mm-hmm. the thing is, with this chemical phosphorus removal, is that it's really, really cheap to do. Like, it's really just the cost of your metal ion that you need. Uh, okay. So you can dump that in really any water body. Like, yes, you can dump it in a wastewater treatment plant, but also, like, you could just dump it in a lake that is already experiencing eutrophication. Oh, interesting. So you just get like, okay, so so uh, what kind of metal ion? Like, we're not talking about just like a block of copper, right? No. Um, well, copper doesn't form a plus three ion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it does. But I think under reduced conditions. Anyway. Uh, don't get into chemistry. <laughs> Too deep. Yeah. Too deep. Okay, okay, okay. We're getting out. <laughs> the most common one is aluminum. Okay, and this is probably in the case of because it's not metallic aluminum, I'm betting. It's probably, it, it looks like a powder at the time? I, I believe it's solubilized. Okay. Like you might get like, I don't know, aluminum nitrate or something, and mm-hmm. nitrates dissociate very freely. Sorry, we're into chemistry. That's like, uh, You get the aluminum in a in like a solution that it will dissolve in. Right. And then you have 
Al3+, and you add that to a body that has phosphorus in it, and the phosphorus is like, I'd really like to precipitate out. And the aluminum's like, I'd really like to precipitate out. And then they're like, you want to precipitate out? Oh my god, I would love to. Let's get out of here. You know what it's like? It's like uh, two people got brought to a party, and then they like end up talking, and they're like, Ugh, this party's lame. You want to get out of here? Yeah. And then like the people that they went with are just like busy playing uh, Cards Against Humanity or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, something that should be fun but isn't yeah so it's one of those and they're just like let's just go and then they have an amazing time together at the bottom of some lake or whatever <laughs> yeah as all great dates start <laughs> um okay so so yeah so like i guess what i was trying to get at was that like it's not just a big hunk of metal like you have a powder of a chemical compound that includes these metals and then uh that will take out your phosphorus Hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I got the phosphorus out. Would I prefer to have a biological or should I, is chemical fine? So, I mean, I, listen, I do biological nutrient removal. I'm going to tell you biological's better. Like, this is the thing though. <laughs> You're saying we should get a second opinion. I'll bring it down to the shop down the street. I think you should do a little economic analysis on your own. Decide like, would you like to pay more capital cost or would you like to pay a little bit less operational cost like it's basically a cost of running an ongoing system and buying more and more aluminum which i think is going to end up being more expensive than running a system where you have uh you just build a slightly more expensive system in the first place and then you have bugs that are living in there and happy to live in there and removing phosphorus okay all right so wait talk to me i'm so sorry Really quickly, I just want to say I'm going to do this a lot, so I want to put a caveat on it now. When I say bugs from here on out, I mean bacteria. Oh, okay. You know, I do that too. Yeah. (laughs) I always feel like a moron when I'm just like, oh, yeah, you feed it to the bugs. And then people give me a look. Eh, Engineering. Um, So talk to me about the the biological side. Like, I'm, I'm, I, what is that like? So I'm not just dumping powder. Uh, no, no, no. So um, it's biological phosphorus removal is pretty complex. But in a nutshell, what you have is a very specific type of organism called a phosphate accumulating organism, which uh, we abbreviate as a, as a PAO or POW. POW. And what a POW does is POW. that when it has a lot of food available, that means when it has oxygen, which is a really rich food for bacteria, and when it has a lot of organic carbon available, there's where that organic carbon comes in that I told you I would tell you about later, then you can have a bug that will use, it's like, oh, sweet, I have tons and tons of energy, and so it will take up phosphorus and store it in a polymer and say, like, oh, just in case I need this later, I'll just store up this phosphorus here. Uh, and just in case I need it later, in case something happens and, you know, like our bodies store up that. Oh, 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 that's pretty cool. So like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 It's got this big old chain where it keeps all these phosphori. I know probably not right, but anyway. And then when it's under starvation conditions, um, that means that it is basically anaerobic, meaning there is no oxygen available. Mm hmm. Then it will pee out all the phosphorus it has. Oh, wait, why does it do that? I thought it wanted all that stuff. Because it's starving now and it's using its fat cell that it stored up. 
Wait, why is it peeing it out, though? Oh, because the phosphorus is holding in the oxygen. Yeah, it's using up the energy, using up the energy, and it's like, oh, I don't need all this phosphorus now. I was just using that to bond up all the energy I needed. Oh, I see. So the phosphorus is really more like it's like a key ring or something. Is that right? Yeah. And then the keys are what we really want. It's not a perfect analogy. You don't go through (laughs) keys. No, you don't. Well, unless it's like a video game key ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just keep disappearing. Oh, and this one also turned into <laughs> dust. That always really bothered me about video games. Like, I should still have that key. I mean, not if the key's mapped to only that door, right? You know? If anything, I it's... I guess if you can always go in and out of that door. Yes. You're on out. But often mm-hmm. you never go through it again. It's true. Sometimes you just let it go. Let it go into the breeze. Goodbye, door. Into the breeze you go. <laughs> So when we remove phosphorus biologically, we have an anaerobic compartment where there's no oxygen. The bug pees out all the phosphorus that it had stored up in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then right next to that, there's an aerobic compartment where it takes up all the phosphorus that it possibly can. And then we just settle out the bugs. And then the phosphorus is gone. Oh, so like, that's pretty clever. So so you, it's like the bugs act kind of like little phosphori- phosphorus sponges. Yeah. And then at the end, you treat those bugs like they're just more solids. Oh, pretty smart. Pretty smart. Pretty smart. Yeah, but that's how biological phosphorus removal works. Oh, nifty. Do you want to talk about nitrogen here in a second when we come back on a podcast that I like to call Cyclopedia of Rent? Yeah, she fell and she fainted, but soon he brought her to, and it's then they kissed and then embraced and bid a fond adieu. Come change your ring with me, my love, for we may meet once more. And there's one above that will guard you, love, where the cannon loudly roars. Welcome back to Encyclopedia Brunch, where we're talking about... Okay, the nitrogen cycle is really cool. Okay, what's the nitrogen cycle? Okay, so the nitrogen cycle, uh, it's a lot of chemistry, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> uh, you have nitrogen coming into a wastewater treatment plant in its most reduced form. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like, let's say hmm, it has the lowest amount of energy stored. Is that how you could think of it? Uh, I think that works. So the way that uh, I'll tell you what I know about the nitrogen cycle and then you can correct yeah, me. Yeah, tell me. That's a great way to do it. Um, so I have always come at this from a, a great book I read once called The Alchemy of Air, which is all about how we make chemical fertilizers. Um, and it starts with the idea that nitrogen is everywhere. Uh, in the air, because the air is like 78% nitrogen, roughly. A uh, lot of nitrogen. And the reason that uh, we can't just like use all the nitrogen for all our nitrogen stuff is because it is triple bonded to another nitrogen. Um, oh, no. I know, right? It's like all locked up. It's like a bad marriage. Um, oh. And uh, 
So triple bonds just kind of, I mean, like in, in the, you know, real basic chemistry sense, it's like, well, you draw two ends and you draw one line between the two. That's one uh, single bond. And then two lines is double and uh, three is a triple bond. And a triple bond is real strong. It's a really tight bond and it takes a lot of energy to break that apart. Um, and uh, just like it takes a lot of courage to end a bad marriage. Um, so, you know, you really come to Encyclopedia Bunch for the darkest metaphors. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so the idea with uh, whenever we want to make a different form of nitrogen, be it for fertilizer, uh, explosives, uh, creating algal blooms for some nefarious reason, um, or, you know, body processes. Uh, we smell like lambs before the big barbecue. <laughs> um, the idea is the, some large amount of energy has to go in in order to break those bonds up um, and move them into a state where, you know, you can kind of do stuff with them. They're more flexible. You know, they're out living the single life. Um, and uh, there is more energy to be. Um, you can you can get a lot of energy uh out of them by essentially sort of moving them closer back into that bound state. Um, huh? Yeah. Uh, which is why I think that kind of connects in with what you were saying about, like, there's more available energy in uh, certain forms of nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, you're right. Nitrogen gas is, like, the, the most stable form of nitrogen. Um, and then you have all these different solu soluble forms of nitrogen, mm -hmm. like nitrogen that's dissolved in water. And they range from it, the most reduced form of nitrogen, ammonium, NH4+, all the way to the most oxidized of uh, nitrogen, nitrate, NO3-. Mm. And when you're uh, removing ammonium or nitrogen as ammonium for wastewater treatment, the important players that you have to understand is a suite of organisms that we call nitrifiers. Right. Um that is organisms that oxidize ammonium to nitrite. Ammonium okay. to nitrite. Yes. Okay. I'm emphasizing that because the second group of organisms is nitrite oxidizing organisms that oxidize nitrite to nitrate. Mmm, chemistry terms. <laughs> um, which is NO3 minus, so nitrite is NO2 minus, and nitrate is NO3 minus, so it gets an extra little oxygen, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then ammonium is NH4 plus? Mm hmm Right. So yeah. nitrogen's kind of trying out different relationships in, the, in our ongoing metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so then we have denitrifying organisms, which do the opposite of nitrifying organisms in mm. that they take a highly oxidized form of nitrogen, nitrate, which remember is the NO3 minus with the most oxygen. Right. And they reduce it to nitrogen gas right okay okay so you know kind of in this little chain that you've drawn up we've got ammonium all the way on the left um and then uh that gets reduced no sorry that gets oxidized to nitrite and then that gets oxidized again to nitrate and then that gets reduced to nitrogen gas which is n2 and yeah. then then what? So, okay, and I've then, got this chain. And then your nitrogen gas is just inert, gross gas, and that just bubbles straight up out your system, hmm. and then you've removed nitrogen. Okay. How is this a cycle? This doesn't sound like a cycle. It sounds like a chain. Well, 
there's another group of organisms that oh. live in soil mostly, Boy. and they actually live on root nodules. Like on, they live on roots. And what they do is they take nitrogen gas from the air. It's really cool, and they break up this marriage. They're home wreckers, right? And they make ammonium. This is a real third act twist. It is. It is. But we don't. We don't mess with home wreckers. Right. Right. Yeah. I. I, I ain't about that. That's not gonna. That's not gonna work for me. No way. Um, so. Uh, so, to rehash, a nitrogen gas, loveless marriage, ammonium, sort of like a really raw, highly available, uh, very, very reactive, very volatile. It's not volatile. Yeah. It's not volatile. It doesn't explode. Okay. But yes, it's emotionally volatile. Yeah, it's emotionally volatile, uh, but, but reactive, right? Chemically reactive um, and emotionally reactive. Um, and then <laughs> nitrite is the next step in the healing process um wherein uh it kind of like you know it settles but it's not looking for anything too serious it's just kind of with two oxygens and then one day it sits around and goes maybe we should add a third oxygen to this group and that's when it starts to feel like maybe this is something real you know and it settles in and then uh it goes all the way through to nitrogen gas loveless marriage and so goes the cycle of love and nitrogen love. <laughs> uh and that's why love is impossible but wastewater, very possible through using much <laughs> of the same uh, techniques. Yes. Uh, so this is why conventional nitrogen removal is just like dating. <laughs> okay. So this sounds more complicated than uh, phosphorus, right? In phosphorus, it was like this guy collects it up and then we settle it all out. We, we go like, fooled you. Now that you've collected all this phosphorus for us, we're going to leave you for dead. And the clean water is ours. <laughs> <laughs> And in this case, it kind of sounds like there's just a lot of steps. There's a lot of like, uh, I don't, I don't even know. Like, what, what is mean, this? How do you do it's it? It's still two steps, okay. right? So you have, you know, that your uh, ammonium. There's, there's one little bit of a twist here that I want to throw your way. Mm -hmm. So there's, it comes in as ammonium, right? Because it comes in as its most reduced form. Okay, so that in the case of a lot of wastewater, that's like, well, we pee a lot of ammonium out as living creatures. Yes. Okay. Also, the other thing is that, uh, I mean, I know that we said ammonium is very reactive, but it's it's more complicated than that. If um, the nitrogen is in what we call a very reduced environment, hmm. then you start to see a lot of, we call it mineralization. Hmm. Uh, and so it's just biomass degrading or just if you're washing soaps down the drain, like nitrogen in a reduced environment, you say, will always kind of end up as ammonium. Nitrogen, Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm willing to kind of like keep that just a as a little, rule of thumb. Yeah, it is very rule of thumb, and it's actually not terribly well understood. It's just we call it mineralization. Okay, that's interesting. And and the reduced environment in practical terms is something like, oh, there's a lot of soaps or there's a lot of uh, – What do you have any other examples? Uh, well, I would call mineralization like the fact like let's say that you – Dump a bunch, you take a shower and there's a lot of dead skin cells, for example, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. go in the system. Well, there's a lot of nitrogen in those skin cells because nitrogen is one of the fundamental building blocks for uh, proteins, enzymes, that sort of thing. DNA, yeah. Yes. And so that's going to slowly decompose, slowly decompose. And then we find kind of like through not super well understood terms, or maybe it is quite well understood and I just don't have a great handle on it. Sure. Um, I've just never really heard a very good explanation for it. Eh, we're none of us perfect. Um, you find that that nitrogen will, when it finally does decompose, will often end up as ammonium. 
Okay. So uh, point being, ammonium makes up uh, the majority of the nitrogen that we're trying to get rid of, because if we put that ammonium just into like a lake or a pond or a whatever, um, we're going to get those algal blooms. Okay, so cool. So there's too much ammonium, and then how am I getting rid of it again? So first you're oxidizing it all the way to nitrate. You're okay. using your ammonium oxidizers and your nitrate oxidizers So it's, to it's, get it's a bunch of nitrate. It's a little gang of uh, microbes working together is the idea. They're just sort of, they all hang out together and then... Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's like a little tag team. And this is in like a tank or something? Because like you've been talking about like just dropping um chemicals into a lake but like if i want to clean up a lake with these guys do i dump those guys into that lake or do i like i wouldn't or i don't i have not seen any good biological in situ systems meaning that like i don't see any systems where you put a bug in a system and then you expect that bug to fix the system okay what do you do uh for like a lake i don't know like yeah play with the space with me here Stop discharging so much stupid ammonium into your lake. Treat it before you discharge it. All right. Okay. Well, uh, assuming that we hadn't uh, already, you know, closed the barn door after the horse got out. Let's assume this horse is still in there. How do uh, I know? There's not super a great way to handle the lake then. There's too Once many horses a- there? Yeah. You really have to work on the discharges. This is why agricultural runoff is such a big deal because it's so hard to collect. Oh. And it just ends up in the lake. Okay. Wait, wait. So, so, but say I have it collected and I don't want to ruin the lake. What yep. am I doing with this stuff? It's still in pipes Then you now. would send it to a wastewater treatment plant. Okay. And, and that's where we're talking about it. Okay. And we've got these bugs and they live in a tank? I'm just trying to get, yeah. I'm trying to picture a tank here. Yeah. They live in like a concrete tank. Oh, uh, okay. And we just feed them this water and then uh, they oxidize. Yeah. Ammonium oxidizing bacteria and nitrite oxidizing bacteria work together to make nitrate. Okay, so now I've got it all the way down to nitrate. So there's these two guys, they're all like mingling, having fun down there. And uh, they're, uh, they, they process it down to that nitrate level. Is nitrate good? Can we put that out there? Nitrate's super bad. Oh no, it got even worse. <laughs> uh, so you can't just, just, just discharge the nitrate. Oh, I thought the I thing was I done. Point out, <laughs> the thing I want to point out about oxidizing is that we said ammonium oxidizing bacteria nitrite oxidizing bacteria Uh so it takes oxygen so you're bubbling oxygen 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 through your system oh um and so that's an aerobic compartment or an oxygenated Mm. okay so then we can use our denitrifying organisms that are taking that nitrite remember those guys from the nitrogen cycle and then they take all of your nitrate because it's the second best uh or it's the next best thing if there's no oxygen available so we have an anaerobic compartment where there's no oxygen and there's just nitrate. Mm-hmm. And the bugs in that compartment are like, well, there's no oxygen here, but I can use nitrate instead. And right. they reduce that to nitrogen gas. Because it would prefer like O2 oxygen, right? But mm-hmm. there's oxygen molecules on a nitrate. There's three of them. And it can pry them off. And maybe that's kind of more energy intensive, but it can do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It works. It works. So it bubbles on out. Yeah uh okay cool and then and then and then and then and then and then pure clean water delicious tasty water ready for a lake near you yes oh okay sounds pretty good basically yeah it's pretty cool um one interesting twist on this system is that you have to have to have to have this anaerobic compartment with your denitrifying system before your aerobic compartment this is denitrifying before your aerobic 
wait, what, wait, what? I thought the process was first we do the aerobic stuff, then we do the anaerobic stuff. I know, I know. I said the same thing. Ugh. But <laughs> do you know what else is in your influent in addition to all this ammonium? What's influent? Uh, the stuff that goes into the wastewater treatment plant. Makes sense. I should have figured that out. Moving on. <laughs> uh, it's organic carbon. And you know what the denitrifiers are using in addition to uh, nitrate? Oh, they need that carbon. Yes. Oh, because they're trying to get some some carbon, some oxygen, do uh, some kind of respiration process or something, huh? Yes. Well, not carbon and oxygen. They are trying to get the carbon. So they use that to assimilate and make more of themselves. Right. Because things are made of carbon. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. many, many living things are made of carbon. And then they use the nitrate to get the energy to do the assimilation right because the oxygen is part of uh many cells uh energy creation functions yes so if i put the aerobic compartment first Mm -hmm. then the bugs would just use the oxygen instead of the nitrate to consume all my organic carbon and then i wouldn't have any organic carbon available for my denitrifying wait hang on i didn't follow so if my bugs are using nitrate instead of oxygen Uh uh-huh I want to make sure that the organic carbon first sees an environment where there's nitrate. Okay, right. Well, because then they will use that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, but but there's no nitrate in the influent. No, that's why you recircle back. There's a little recycle loop oh. to bleed in nitrate. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so now it's getting real tricky. Yeah. So now we're trying to... We try to feed the carbon in, and then it has a little bit of nitrate that we've cycled back around. And then when it leaves that, it goes into the aerobic container where uh, it theoretically has lost all its carbon and the nitrates are gone. But there still should be some ammonium, that raw, ready nitrogen, ready to mingle. Um, Well, not quite ready, but it has to try. You know, it's kind of on the rebound. Um, And then that uh, rebound ammonium gets processed all the way back down to that like steady comfortable with themselves nitrate state which then gets circled around back because like you know we always think we're ready you know we think we're like you know have gotten over these relationships but like sometimes you find yourself going backwards and so a portion of that goes backwards into the original container where it can help the carbon be used up and the nitrogen gets used up and if so true. you take a big enough portion of that, if you try, try, try enough times and you keep thinking, what am I doing with my life? I'm just on there swiping on Tinder. And yet I just I, I feel like the patterns, it must be me. Eventually, you get to a point where you've cycled off enough of a nitrate that the majority of the material that ends up in the aerobic container um, is fairly nitrate free it's it's quite low in nitrogen in general and carbon and then we can push that out to the sea yeah right also known as uh (laughs) self-actualization yeah and that's how you successfully date anyway that was probably a lot to go through and especially over an audio format so we're going to post some helpful powerpoint slides on the show notes how does that sound sounds so great excellent uh yeah so it sounds like you learned a lot about uh human dating patterns through your research in uh wastewater treatment and i'm very happy for you (laughs) yeah um 
So that's how you do it conventionally. I mean, my gosh, I could spend a whole other thing, a whole other segment just on more nitrogen removal and how it relates to my thesis, because my thesis is something even more exciting. Um, but like, I don't know. Come on. Oh, your, on. your thesis is pretty cool. You explained it to me off air, but, uh, you know, maybe that's for another time. I don't know. Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it for if the listeners are really good. Mm-hmm. They eat all their vegetables. I'll explain my research to them. <laughs> uh, because this is a real dog tooth situation where your parents are just messing with you. Yeah, eat all your broccoli so you can hear about, um, you know, advanced techniques for uh, mineralization. Something, something. Something, something. Well, this has been a joy. As always. Thanks for joining me, Tip Dobbs, over there. Wow. Catherine Kogart right over here. Bye. 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 Woohoo!